Peter's transformation includes a little tail that just keeps on growing and is it, like it's at that point when B uh, discovers the tail. Cat <laughs> was like, "Okay, this film is weird. <laughs> this film is <laughs> yeah. really weird now." Well, because I was um, like very much like, "What are you doing?" Because she are, was like, "What, are, on what are you doing?" And then like. <laughs> And then it's also just like, wow, what a tale that is. Uh, they really show it a bunch. And it yeah. was a lot. your face let's just get this kind of zoom in on it <laughs> i'm a werewolf yeah uh, <laughs> we we'll are uh the, the media literacy show that explores the real life historical and all kinds of reasons that society impacts our cinematic fears and we are talking about monstrous films uh we kicked it off with jennifer's body uh, who's an unfortunate monstrous femme and we're gonna go into uh man isn't it doesn't puberty suck uh <laughs> werewolf uh Time, monstrous yeah. femme and we're gonna talk about ginger snaps today yeah yes so if you are tuning in you can see me looking like a werewolf yeah. i did my best i tried really hard um i will say it's very hard to work with like scar wax and all kinds of stuff, yeah. but I'm a beginner. You're Looking doing it, werewolf. man. It looks so. You look very scary. I keep forgetting that this is what you look like, and I look at you, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> um, if you're looking, and when you're when you're watching uh, Ginger Snaps, and there's the werewolf like slow transition, which is really fun. Um, yeah. At one point, she really does look like uh, just a Buffy vampire. Yeah. Uh, because it's like at the like forehead ridge and the the brows that go up too far and you know the buffy vampires always look really silly yeah it was like interesting too because they like still made it look cool which it's like i feel like any anything else, like it looks weird like but they still made it look like cool like with the whole lead into i don't know it's like stressful but also and then they do like the jump they're like Jump up and it's clearly on wires and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good time! And uh, there's some really fun effects in this film. Um, yeah. and I found a lot of uh similarities, and I'm sure we're gonna find a lot of similarities just throughout this exploration of like women being monstrosized or like femme characters being monstrosized. And I think that's just because they all kind of seem to have a similar theme, but with these, yeah. they're like. Um, when you look up like Jennifer's body, you get recommendations for ginger snaps and vice versa. Like they're yeah. like, you like, if you like this, then you'll probably like these other girls having to deal with things and eating boys. And honestly, they do have a very similar vibe. And apparently, uh, which I didn't know is that there's a pretty heavy, like overlap between what succubuses do or succubi do and werewolves and witches and like any kind of monsterization of 
women, it's generally like, okay, cool. Hypersexuality. Okay, cool. Eat babies now. And it's like, okay, why do they correlate? But I got you. I don't um, know how we got there, but okay. Yeah, but like succubuses and uh, is it succubi? Succubi? Succubi. Succubi and werewolves. That's like the two things. Eating they, babies. Hypersexual baby eating. It's weird to sexualize a dog. Yeah, no, I get you there. I get you there. Uh, and in this film, you feel really weird that they sexualize this dog girl because they give her dog qualities. See, <laughs> her transformation is very dog forward. And you're like, hmm, <laughs> why do people think this is hot? This is a problem. Furries exist, Gabe. That's true. And yeah, I still, same same stance. What are you yeah. doing? <laughs> I don't know. Like Lego she, right? Isn't that a whole thing? Yeah. Find yeah, he, he, I don't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, yeah, but what I'm saying is, pansexuality is the admittance that personality is forward. You know, I'm just saying, like, if you can love a cartoon character, the adjacent. Yeah, but dogs have like the. Okay, I'm not talking about, like, an actual dog game. I'm talking about, like... Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like, a human, yes. But But I'm saying, like, Legacy has a dog penis. (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be a problem for everyone involved. I just want you to know. I'm just saying, like, personality-wise, though. like (laughs) You don't get it from that angle? No. It's fine. I'm not going to make you say that yeah, you understand weird. it on TV. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Allow me to hold some, <laughs> some of my respect on the television. I mean, I, I'm notorious for being in some weird stuff. Yeah. Not furries. Can't, yeah. It's, that's where the line is. And it's honestly surprising I have one. So <laughs> moving forward, we're going to talk about the sexualization. I'm <laughs> so <animated>. sorry. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Oh my god! I'm really scary. I'm like Angel. <laughs> really good. My soul. I am the only vampire with a soul. That's me. Where's Charisma Carpenter? <laughs> I need a sassy sidekick mm-hmm. for my detective agency. Oh. Um, you remember that the no. Angel spinoff? He was a detective. It was great. That is fun. Better than Buffy, honestly. Anyway. Monday we can talk about Buffy because there's some problematic things there, as always. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about that today. We're <laughs> talking about Jinsu Snaps. Um, people are listening are like, why are you doing that? You just have to see. You have to see me. Um, go to our social media. You'll see posts about it. Um, mm-hmm. Look at my cosplay social media and you will see the monster that I've become. <laughs> uh, and it's for this really fun film mm-hmm. that uh why don't i just get into it do it before we start talking about something inappropriate again Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's really uncomfortable for everyone listening uh so we are talking about ginger snaps it is from the year 2000 which i think is hilarious we don't often cover films from this old 2000 yeah yeah it's like 22 years ago yeah that's a long time um oh my god wow Ouch, Gabe. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But it's like, that's real. This is real. Um, my wow. sister was born in 2000. So I'm like, 
this is the worst ever. Um, but it, I, because of it being in 2000, I didn't, I missed it because I was too young. Yeah. I definitely nine. missed it as well. Yeah. So this is my first I time seeing it. Pubertying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it wasn't, so, and I wasn't like at nine, I was actually really afraid of horror movies. So I wouldn't have been excited about it. It wasn't until like 11, 10, 11 that I was like into it. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't even hear um, about it until we had our podcast and then I saw it in horror Twitter. Um, I didn't, yeah. It was and then people really love it, yeah. right? It is like a, a cult classic <laughs> in the horror world. So I'm glad that we got to cover it because it's been on our list for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, I just couldn't figure out a reason or like we just didn't have an opportunity to talk about it until yeah. now. Um, so Ginger Snaps from 2000, all those years ago, uh, is about two death-obsessed sisters, outcasts in their suburban neighborhood, must deal with the tragic consequences when one of them is bitten by a deadly werewolf and is directed by John Fawcett, um, a werewolf. And let's talk about it. Uh, Hell is a teenage girl. Oh, wait, no, that was the other episode. Yeah. <laughs> last week that's Jennifer's body but hell is still teenage girls it turns out and these ones are furry yeah not furries just furry yeah um so don't get excited uh when Jennifer's body uh where Jennifer's body had gruesome teeth repressed queer girls boy murder and hot Megan Fox Ginger Snaps has extra nipples furry scars excessive dog murder and hot Catherine Isabel um, which you might recognize from American Mary, yeah. which we covered uh, right like pretty recently after we covered uh, Jennifer's body. Yeah. Uh, when we were doing New Year, New Me, we did uh, body modifications. Uh-huh. And there she was. So it's very funny. I'm yeah, full circle, of, full circle. A lot of connections from when we first <laughs> discovered this. Um, so Ginger Snaps follows two sisters, Ginger and B or Bridget, um, who are not your average teen girls. They're edgy and emo, and they have a signed suicide pact and are absolutely over everything. God, no one understands them. Yeah. And <laughs> but like in the ways that like as a young person, you're like, exactly. Yeah. Um, and the movie starts by showing us just how much of an outsider our protagonists are. Um, they're not interested in boys or drugs or even becoming women. Because we find out that both Ginger and B have yet to have gotten their period despite being in high school. Um, uh, B is 15. Yeah. And Ginger is 16. So they're pretty close. And that's pretty old to not have your period. Yeah. Um, and I like, I was like scared. <laughs> I was like, are they okay? Um, but they're also obsessed with death, having gone so far as to pose in a multitude of suicide photos for a class project which greatly upset their instructor and also just annoyed all of their fellow students. Um, but when Ginger, but then Ginger abruptly gets her period and it's here that things start to change for the sisters because you're becoming somebody new. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she is maturing. And so she's leaving her sister behind, but it's more than that because this is a horror movie. Yeah. About werewolves. Um, so it really seems like a, typical angsty teenage girl film if not for the excessive dog murders um because (laughs) so much dog murder yes there really is it's it's if you are worried about that like it's not like it's still like silly gore yeah it doesn't seem that like realistic but if dog murder upsets you you don't need to watch this um 
So it, it, it turns out that all throughout their small, humble suburban town, neighbors' pets have been found grotesquely torn apart. And so they think some kind of animal is getting to them. Um, and from that, these girls have a plan for revenge where they're going to stage the death of their nemesis's dog. Yeah. The nemesis dog. Um, and on their way to cover the dog with corn syrup and red dye number nine, they find the dog already dead and his body is still warm uh it is then that ginger is attacked by a creature we learn later is a werewolf um she's brutally mauled in the woods and then lacklusterly saved by her sister <laughs> it was like the most like it's like a piece of like wood from like a tree and she's like get off of her yeah <laughs> i was like i <laughs> it was texting cat like if you were being attacked by a wolf i would be a little harder about it yeah like, get off but she's like no, stop ginger no my <laughs> <laughs> um, sister is being mauled alive like what are we doing yeah um like do nothing or do you know yeah. like commit to one of these to one of the sides tone in the middle here um ginger is shook but quickly finds that she's okay yeah actually uh at first she's just like oh man like i'm messed up right now yeah and then she's just healing um and in the wounds that she had uh afflicted from uh the the wolf there's hair growing yeah. in strange places <laughs> at one point she says to her sister i can't have hair on my tits b that's effed <laughs> like another really amazing line from like a teen gore slasher um <laughs> can't have hair on my tits um loved it i was like i feel that uh <laughs> ghouls have actually covered werewolves before in fact we cover them right after we cover jennifer's body the last time yeah. however it wasn't us we actually invited two close friends and now partners to host that episode as it was titled monstrous men yeah and we ha didn't feel like we wanted to talk about men puberty because we didn't go through it um yeah. so luckily we'll talk about lady puberty because we did yeah. <laughs> um, so um the werewolf has most often been a character symbolizing puberty and um our lovely uh alternate host went through that pretty thoroughly in discussing like the ways in which it's very obvious about puberty in all the different ways um you know like teenage or teen wolf or i was american wolf <laughs> i don't, even know. I don't watch a lot of wolf <laughs> yeah not a lot of wolf con like content besides being human and underworld yeah i, think I haven't underworld. watched either of those twilight i guess yeah um but it, we won't talk about those wolves <laughs> we i do, do have that. a lot of glitter on me yeah uh, <laughs> yes. it's not that it's not twilight yeah um although i was a team jacob so uh <laughs> just for fun um <laughs> uh, this film is definitely still the p like werewolf equals puberty uh kind of uh comparison for sure uh in that your body is going through changes yeah hair is growing in weird places emotions and impulses that you can't control um and more puberty is honestly just the worst yeah <laughs> um and with ginger snaps we have the added bonus of this transportation being uh transformation being about a girl's puberty experience specifically because we have a little we have extra struggle <laughs> um you know men have nighttime 
in uh you know they get succubus white and they, visits, yeah. they have succubus instances and they get hard in the middle of the day and they're like i don't know why my body is just this way the pants are too tight ladies have this whole issue that just never goes away until you die <laughs> until we're old and then we're like okay cool um so when uh ginger begins bleeding in a very alarming way it's brushed off as heavy flow yeah they're like oh like some people just have that um don't worry about it uh the full moon well it's called moon sickness hun brush it off <laughs> <laughs> B mentions even in the beginning how Ginger may have been attacked by a bear because of her period, saying the scent attracted them. And didn't they used to like send women away off into the woods during their monthlies because they were like, we need to protect the. You say else. used to, but that's like a thing that does still happen. Like not here necessarily, <laughs> but, but they like send women away. Yeah, um, I don't have specific examples, but I know that it does exist. Like with certain religious things like you uh send you go away i mean you don't like leave the town but like you hide like you are not out and about um you're like the bleeding one go away you know forth. like i get it but also like you could send me away during that time like i don't want to talk to people <laughs> i want to hang out with them so i'm down i'm down to be somewhere else for for a whole week by myself i get my own little cabin in the woods hanging out with the bears Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here. Yeah. Uh, Ginger's transformation includes a little tail that just keeps on growing and is it, like it's at that point when B uh, discovers the tail. Cat like, was like, okay, this film is weird. <laughs> this film is yeah. really weird now. Well, because I was um, like very much like, what are you doing? Because you're like, what, are, what are you doing? And then, like, <laughs> I was, and then it's also just like, wow, what a tail that is. Uh, they really show it a bunch and it yeah. was a lot. As it's like growing, it reminded me, I think it's, I want to say like Shallow How or another problematic film of that time, like the Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. One of those, there was a character and I want to, I'm not going to say who I think it is because I don't remember and someone's going to yell at me. Um, but there was a character who had like a tail. Yeah. Like, and it like extended from like their, um, uh, spine kind of in that same spot so when I saw it, that's immediately what I thought of was like oh, that okay. little guy's like a little tail and so, <laughs> it's just like ooh, ew but it grows it grows and then again it's like skin it's not furry so yeah. you <laughs> just like a flesh tail which is really gross and then on top of that she gains extra nipples yeah. There's like this whole scene. <laughs> she's like in like a crop top kind of thing and she has extra nipples and like they're clearly different because their boobs are still boobs. And then she's got extra nipples because she's a dog. Um, and then she eventually becomes an extra from Buffy the Vampire Slayer visually. Um, she isn't a vampire. She's still a werewolf. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she has lots of hair. She's got the, you know, the, the sharp ridged thing. And she's got cool hair. She's got like a streak of white in her hair at first, but then it becomes all white. And she's like really creepy looking. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, but more than her obvious werewolf changes, Ginger is a woman now. She yeah. begins to take an interest in boys and drugs, which I guess comes hand in hand with becoming a woman. Uh, and she no longer wears her oversized jacket, but instead walks freely, confidently, through the halls as herself. She's now hot. Yeah. Um, she's always been hot. 
She just didn't know because she didn't think about it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Remember those like um, uh, early 2000s slash 90s moments where you take off your glasses and take your ponytail out and you're like, yeah, whoa, it's a different person. It's like, wow, she really is all that. Yeah, it's that. It's 100%. <laughs> That's the name of the movie for everyone. Um, <laughs> not another teen movie, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so this film is 100% about puberty for sure. And as on the nose, as much of the humor around puberty and werewolves is, it somehow evolved past satire into a genuine horror film about the connection of two sisters and the oppressive world around them that sought ownership of their maturing bodies. Um, I watched an amazing video by Scaredy Cats on YouTube titled, I was wrong about ginger snaps and was happy to see I wasn't the only one seeing the charm of this film. Um, but as a host over at Scaredy Cats and I will tell you, there's always more than meets the eye in any film. Yeah. <laughs> so Ginger Snaps is a heartfelt story about two sisters and lots of gruesome murder. B and Ginger used to do everything together. In fact, uh, after a dinner time quarrel that results in Ginger stomping off, B makes uh, to leave after her and her mom is like, you're not attached at the wrist, you know? Yeah. Um, because pretty much everything they've done has always been together. They were even going to die together. Yeah. They signed a pact. Right? Like they exist in their own little world in their bubble. So when Ginger starts doing things, the girls had previously deemed uncool um, and beneath them, even a rift opens between them. When Ginger begins eating boys, mostly out of some conscious need to protect B, the rift grows bigger Ginger loves her sister, and in being shoved into this new maturity where her body is no longer her own and is no longer in her control, she is doing what she can to save B from the same fate. She's now been on the other side where she sees that boys see her body before they know who she is and decide what her worth is. Yeah. Um, she is wary of all men, <laughs> assuming just assuming that they mean to rob B of her purity and innocence. Yeah. Um, and like Jennifer and Jennifer's body, her body has been stolen from her and transformed into something monstrous. Her confidence and sexuality are an evil tool. All these uh, two girls have ever had was each other. And though it's not exactly the healthiest relationship, remember the suicide pact? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that they just like, they, it's really toxic, like codependency. Um, it's, a bit reminiscent of Jennifer and Needy without the sexual attention, at least most of the time. Yeah. Uh, because there is a point in the film in which Ginger feels that in her transformation, she is so far from who she was that she's not even be a sister anymore. And for a moment it gets uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it was a little like, what are we? Whoa, hold on. <laughs> like this is drawn a line, drawn a line. Um, <laughs> but it was really just like that instinct to, uh, protector has grown like so far primal that it's like totally wiped out the fact that they are like what their connection used to be yeah. is transformed into whatever it is now yeah um but unlike jennifer's body the boys in this film are mostly the worst um ginger decides to unleash some sexual energy with a jock and douche boy named jason and it gets weird when she bites him and tries to eat him but instead he becomes a werewolf too yeah uh, she does not eat him <laughs> We were like very worried, and it was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, but she contained herself. She didn't pull a Jennifer. Um, and but what's more interesting here is actually how Ginger reacts to that situation. Um, she isn't upset that she almost ate a boy, uh, and not in a good way, uh, <laughs> or that like 
that she like lost control of herself in that way yeah she's not even kind of phased in that um but more that they the fact that they hadn't had sex but he was gonna tell everyone that they did anyway Uh. and she is so aware and upset at the patriarchal society for catering to his lens and needs right yeah um because like that was what was more important to her it's like one he like because i was expecting her to be like he's gonna tell everyone i tried to bite him and i'm a dog like you know (laughs) she's gonna tell him i'm a monster like i'm a literal monster and instead she's like no he's gonna tell everyone that we had sex and we didn't yeah and i was like how is that what you're so stressed about and it's like oh right because the werewolf is not even it yeah. <laughs> the werewolf is just symbolic of what's actually happening right now um but there is uh one uh male character that i did enjoy uh which is a lovable charming drug dealer although he's only building pot from what i could see yeah um who uh quickly takes to the occult theory and offers to help b in her quest for a cure and i absolutely loved uh how he doesn't uh treat her in an uncomfortable way he doesn't yeah. become like a love interest excuse me yeah he doesn't become a love interest uh for either of the girls um and when he's confronted by a spiraling and overprotective ginger about his close relationship with b that's like blossoming because of their shared theories uh-huh. um she reminds him that b is only 15 yeah and he quickly lets her know that he doesn't see her like that and he even after ginger leaves lets b know that yeah. he does not see her that way yeah <laughs> he's like you are a child this is strictly because i think you're a werewolf and i'm trying to help you out yeah um and he never goes back on his word which i think is even more important um because it's one thing to just be like oh no 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 yeah and it's so easy to write the story where he would eventually fall for her in some way and he doesn't yeah um so like in jennifer's body i was pretty miffed that needy's boyfriend made out with jennifer um even if his like heart wasn't in it he was like doing it yeah and it takes entirely too long for him to be like nah this ain't it yeah he was he was it like even like half-heartedly he was still doing it yeah and i remember both of us being like why yeah like there was no reason reason or like big motivation for it it was just like kind of like gross like it was like why like you literally actively talk about how much you don't like this person and yet you're still going along with it because she told you something that why are you even believing her that's something that like why is your view of your actual girlfriend so low that like you don't even like think to question it you're just like yeah i'll make out with her friend why not and it's just like you know the kind of the thesis of the whole thing is like he yeah he hated jennifer but he didn't really care enough about her he only saw her as whatever her body was so yeah and yeah. arguably like maybe the same for needy yeah oh absolutely the same yeah. for <laughs> everyone only like, justice for jennifer yeah. um <laughs> forever but when uh in in ginger snaps actually there's a scene where ginger throws herself at sam um and it it's like it some attempt to use whatever she has to regain some semblance of control and he's pretty quick to turn her down yeah like i think i was like all of like five seconds before he's like no 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 yeah <laughs> like and it's with ginger who is the older of them and has already like kind of expressed that she has like sexual needs and is kind of exploring that so there's to some degree like 
if this is a case of you just trying to figure yourself out, sure. But he's like, that doesn't seem like what this is. So I'm going to say no. Because yeah. this doesn't seem healthy or like you're really consenting and it feels manipulative. Yeah. Um, which was so wonderful. He was a great character and I never thought like, <laughs> one, I didn't think I would like a boy in this film. Um, yeah. But the drug dealer and um, one who was just like, he was pretty cool from the beginning. Yeah. He was also pretty hot um the last character i want to mention though is their mom yeah because i think she's a wonderful human um i loved her the minute i saw her adorable mom sweater mom sweater with the cornucopias on it yeah like for thanksgiving i was like do you see the sweater she's amazing what a great mom um and she's like typical film mom where she's like being just out of touch with reality but still all up in your business yeah there's like the scene where like ginger is like acting very suspicious and B is just like, well, you know, she just like want she thinks you're so cool. <laughs> but she was she thinks it's cool that like you you don't like push too much. You yeah. just figure stuff out on her own. Yeah, yeah. That was the line. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like you give us our space. And she's like, I do. It's like, no, you don't. You've never given them space. Um, but she was just like, I'm a cool mom. Uh yeah. she like makes a cake for Ginger when she gets her period. It's so uncomfortable. Um, but she's just like such a mom. Right. And I think like she genuinely really loved her daughters and is incredibly desperate to understand them. Like even like when they like are staging, like they, someone died and they are staging it to look like one of their suicide photo shoots instead. The mom's just like, Uh I told you not to do that in the house. And like she laughs off, like they find fingers in the the backyard and she laughs it off like, oh, they got you because they're always doing their little gory stuff. But it's never like, oh, they're like doing that stuff. It's so gross and I can't believe them. They're weird. It was like, oh, that's just them expressing themselves and they're weird. And I love them. (laughs) I was just like, what a great mom, which like already I thought she was wonderful. But when she discovers how naughty Ginger has been, including the murder of a fellow student, she still doesn't really judge. In fact, she assumes um, that Ginger did that to protect B because B had been um, bullied by that character. And she doesn't know that she's a werewolf, so she doesn't know that would be (laughs) the cause for it. She just thinks, oh, my daughter reacted in a way to protect her sibling. And that's not something to be upset about. (laughs) Like, I mean, yeah, upset for murder, but like for all the reasons to murder, that's not a bad one. Um, And she immediately lets B know that she is going to burn the house down and escape town with just the three of them, leaving their nothing of a father behind because it doesn't really matter. And she decides to take full responsibility for it, knowing that that's what the world will think. Um, Because essentially that's the role of the mother. Uh, just as the evil, emotional, and sexual werewolf is the role of the new woman, she is responsible for what happens to her kids, not her husband. She is responsible for what happens to them and what they become. Um, society has already put us all into these boxes, and we just need to learn to navigate them. Um, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this film. It's a very fun, campy adventure. And I don't mind the constant puns or the clear, this is puberty connections. Um, I didn't even roll my eyes once. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's funny. What is, how charming. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> puberty again. You see? Because yeah, look at it. Look at make the connection there. Because she's injured, yeah. but they think it's her period. It's funny. Um, <laughs> and and uh, to be honest, I am a sucker for any late '90s, early 2000s girl boss films. I'm looking at you, Jawbreaker and Sugar and Spice. Um, so I knew I would be hooked when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. It's also just a genuinely good horror film, especially like a camp cult kind of take. The effects are very silly and fun. Um, and there's also great suspense that ends in relief or pain. Like it goes on. It's a movie that keeps going and you're like, is it done yet? And then something else happens and you're like, what am I supposed yeah. to feel? Um, <laughs> the full werewolf transformation was really great. Um, I was like crying tears of laughter. There's like, cause it's this whole like wolf, like puppet thing. And it does a really silly jump. Um, and the yeah. scaredy cats people noticed it too. And they, if you watch their video, they have the little clip of the <laughs> jump. Cause I lost it when I saw that. I was like, Oh no. And I'm like, I love when there's like really goofy, like props in a horror movie and when I saw yeah. that it gave me a new career goal which is that one day I want to star in a horror film that finds me um as some terrible creature puppet for the last 20 minutes just so I can point at that and go that's me <laughs> it's just like a weird puppet thing like oh there's me I was look at me puppet. do it and like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not voice acting it I'm not like controlling this puppet it's just that in the world of that film that puppet is me and that's what I want yeah so that's second goal to not being a final girl and just being uh, killed really uh, inventively. Like I want a oh. really crazy death. That's like what her head popped off or something. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. That's all. I didn't know these were goals of yours. That's interesting. Yeah. I have always wanted that. I just want to like, like uh, Samuel Jackson getting eaten by the, the shark. Oh my gosh. Deep what a scene. Would yeah. love that. Uh, in um, the... you have to be given like a really inspiring speech though before it happens. if I did that yeah well no even like literally any of the real like final destination give me one of the really crazy deaths I want oh my to god I still have like visceral fear around the staple gun one yeah it still haunts me I like fear staple guns now or not staple guns nail guns I was nail like guns. why that's not how they why work. do we need to pressurize nails why they don't work like that you can't actually do that um, right it's only when death is at coming at you and Tony Todd's like well <laughs> so, it's so stressed though yeah. I don't care if it's not real it's terrifying to me um, <laughs> yeah I don't know man this film is a really fun time though and I love the mom I agree I feel like she she is an example of what domesticity does to like powerful ladies and yeah. then like the way in which she's like all right we'll burn the house down leave your dad whatever like because like i just thought it was really like surprising one, i hope to never have that relationship like specifically like i want to love yeah. the person i'm with but also <laughs> like i totally was like hell yeah this is 100 this is the best mom she 100 should be doing this and like yeah like that's a whole thing like society will blame women no matter what like the mom will be the reason for this happening it's not like this way in which ladies and generals get scapegoated for various things um, and like her recognition of that i thought yeah. was like really telling or even really just effective. like in parenting right it's just like men yeah. do the bare minimum they're like what a great dad and then a woman like takes well, a break recognized you know, like, incompetence <laughs> yeah. yeah 
All right. Well, I'm going to say stuff. So what? I can't wait. I can't wait for you to say Oh, stuff. thanks, man. Thanks. Um, so basically the history of werewolves is very interesting, but, uh, there's like a lot less information specifically about like she wolves or like female, uh, werewolves. Um, so the she wolf has a fascinating history that differs from many of the man turns wolf stories that exist as various points of lore throughout history. Um, there are a lot of theories on why werewolf lore is so prevalent in mythology and historic writing. Um, and it's possible that this stems from the fact that wolves of humanity have existed as competitors for hunting for most of humanity's existence. Hmm. Um, there's also a lot of correlation between the coming of age and puberty that aligns with werewolf lore. But I found a lot of really interesting information. So there's apparently a persecution of the possible werewolf transport transformation that seems to have a pretty like very stressful history and this is something i never heard of so i was honestly really surprised when i read it but we'll get to that after i define what a werewolf is in an article on history.com titled history of werewolves legend uh define the werewolf as a mythological animal and the subject of many stories throughout the world and more than a few nightmares werewolves are according to some legends people who morph into vicious powerful wolves Others are a mutant combination of human and wolf, but all are bloodthirsty beasts who cannot control their lust for killing people and animals. Um, many werewolf sightings and historical accounts were generally associated with serial killers, apparently, which is interesting. Um, and more specifically, instances in which children were murdered and eaten by someone. Um, this differs from accounts within mythology and lore, as that largely seems to correlate with hypersexuality, hair growth, and existing outside the gender or domestic norms of the time. One thing that I discovered that stood out for me, though, was the existence of werewolf trials. Um, apparently, there were werewolf trials, much like that of the Salem witch trials, that took place about 200 years before uh, in Europe. So in an article on history.com again, uh, titled Before America Had Witch Trials, Europe Had Werewolf Trials by Melinda Beck, some 200 years before the witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts, courts in Europe were convicting men and some women of transforming into werewolves and mutilating and eating children. The sure. punishments were sometimes as gruesome as the alleged crimes. In Germany in 19, or 15, 19, in 1589, executioners strapped accused werewolf peter stump mm -hmm. to a cartwheel removed his skin with hot pitchers and chopped his head off before burning his body at the stake stump's head attached to a wooden pole carved into the likeness of a werewolf was later displayed as a warning to others who attempted to consort with the devil That's um, the peter stump story actually yeah yeah i heard that one um Apparently, the article goes on to explain that the lore associated with werewolves largely overlapped with the general fears of occultism, uh, interactions with the devil, and interactions with hallucinogenic plants, salves, and other methods of altering one's mental state. Uh, the result, essentially... Mm, that helps. Yes, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Whatever the equivalent of bath salts was for the 1500s. Uh, but the results were individuals conducting horrific acts of violence, murder, and other bloodthirsty rampages. Uh, there were some medical explanations for individuals that were mistakenly perceived as werewolves throughout history that seemed a little bit more simple. Uh, medical experts theorized that some accused werewolves could have suffered from porf 
phyra, which causes sensitivity to light, reddish teeth, and psychosis, uh, or hypertrichosis. Yeah, hypertrichosis, a hereditary condition that manifests in excessive hair growth, um, lycanthropy, which is believing oneself to be a werewolf, and might have also brought on by deliberately or unwillingly consuming hallucinogenic herbs, mushrooms, or folk concoctions. Um, so that any mental disorders too. Yeah. And a lot of it seemed like uh, most of the trials started when someone, the reason that like they'd say what happened. Um, and it was that a person dressed all in black approached them at nighttime, handed them like a salve or like something to rub on themselves or like mm -hmm. to drink. And, of course um, they did. and then they did it. And then afterwards, like murdered a bunch of people. Um, sure. so, so like, honestly, what, it, what that sounds like to me is that they were going about their day, saw someone in the woods. They were like, here, take this. And they were like, okay. Um, and then it was like hallucinogenic or something like bath salts essentially. And they lost their minds. Like they mm -hmm. went off murdering because they had injected something into the bot, their bodies that was not agreed with them. Uh, and they had a like, bad trip. Yeah. A very bad trip in which children or other people were eaten or murdered. <laughs> Wild. But there does seem to be some overlap between werewolves and succubi, as well as witches and other presentations of the monstrous femme creatures, in that they're all kind of represent similar things. Um, they stem with this fear associated with rejecting like gender norms, societal norms, and sexuality norms. Uh, but both werewolves and succubi have stories of baby eating and more aggressive sexual natures, as well as like this rejection of uh, motherhood uh, mm -hmm. and like domesticity um so the embracing of sex and sexuality not as a means of procreation but from a point of like pleasure and power um the rejection of domestic life as a whole was something consistently rec represented in the lore of the she-wolf um i found a book that spoke to this called she-wolf a cultural history of female werewolves by hannah priest and in the book they talk about the complex history of the she-wolf and many things that the she-wolf has represented in terms of societal fears um they brought up a shakira song in the book and it had some really interesting say things to say about it in terms of what the song represented so the lyrics of the song are a domesticated girl that's all you ask of me darling it's no joke it's lycanthropy uh, and they go on to say, like, it just, thus, domestication stands as a sharp contrast to lycanthropy. So the existence of lycanthropy and the embrace of the vibrant femininity is a rejection of the patriarchy and domestic life. Um, the song continues, it's been, I've been devoting myself to you Monday to Monday, Friday to Friday, not getting enough retribution or incentives to keep me at it. Thus, lycanthropy is an alternative to the patriarchy control of both home and contemporary workplace. The video itself shows live, near-nude, contorting flesh both demand that both demands and threatens the male gaze. Hints of violence are offered and diffused by sexualized, vibrant femininity. Um, and that, that video is like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. She does things with her body. I'm like, oh my god, I never could. I am yeah. so inflexible. How do you get um, your leg over there and then you're I like hugging know. it? you know? know but yeah so the vibe that i got essentially is that it seems like the use of werewolf in lore is largely used to like one demonize anyone who does not exist within like feminine 
norms so like hair growth people who decide to grow mm. out their hair on their body um as well as like hypersexualization so someone who's like i want to have sex i am going to be very forward about that and powerful about that and that it's not something that i want to do inside of the space of like i'm not trying to have kids um and that like the she wolf was used as like this way to demonize that uh and also like kind of similar to succubuses uh or succubi uh were used as like a method to basically demonize women who did not want to just get married uh, mm -hmm. and exist in this space. Uh, and that like existed outside of traditional domestic life. Um, it was really interesting uh, and genuinely terrifying that it was uh, always associated with baby murder and eating. I thought that was like really upsetting. Um, but I don't think, I think if anything, I felt like maybe that was like a really weird allegory for like even when they didn't understand what it was to like miscarry or like mm. to get abortions at the time that they could associate that with and that was a way of demonizing that practice to like act yeah. as if it was this like werewolf like thing um or just like the thought that if you don't want kids then you must hate them and like are kind of evil like something is yeah. wrong with you as a woman if you don't want to do that yeah, and it seemed like that was more the thing that was being pushed. Uh, that specifically, like, if you did not want to lose, if you wanted to have sex outside of procreation means that you were a horrible, horrible thing um, mm -hmm. that deserved to be burned at the stake, much like the witches were. Um, anyone who, like, kind of just didn't fit societal norms. And this translates, honestly, to, like, monster coding for, like, queer identity and everything else. It's just, like, yeah, they're really used as monsterization for a lot of things. Words. Words and thoughts. Yeah. 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 And also, like, thinking back to last week when we were talking about Lilith and the succubi, that also had a lot to do with, like, infant death as well. Because um, mm -hmm. so it it, it's literally related to, like, you don't want to serve the roles of what women are supposed to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like oh, succubi and werewolves kind of like overlapped a lot in the lore that was there. Um, and that like you could even argue that stories of succubi and werewolves had like similar backstories or like similar motivations. Mm -hmm. um, all essentially stemming from like, if you're not this kind of lady. Then you're doing it wrong. You're evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think like with this, the biggest thing wasn't just like, oh, because like with... I think with male werewolf puberty times, it's still just like, it's kind of funny because it's just like, oh, we become a werewolf or our bodies are like this. And you also have like the playing around with like the alpha omega, which is, yeah. has been factually disproven as existing in wolf uh, <laughs> society. But mm -hmm. um, like when it, when you take that and you actually put it on these women, it, it transforms the entire story because it's more than just puberty at that point. It's actually like at a point when women go through puberty, it's not just like our bodies are changing, but it's also the way that the world looks at us is changing too. Um, yeah. Because now it's like, now it's appropriate for them to sexualize you. Now they can, because like now it's like your body is saying it's ready to have children and that's like the only job that you have. So get to it. And that's like, it, the loss of innocence isn't just like I'm aware of what my body can do it's the fact that you are aware that everyone else does like yeah so uncomfortable and it like 
I think that's why it was really interesting the kind of that like exploration with um ginger Mm -hmm. yeah like the realization that that is gone now like that their whole thing growing up was like hey we're cool we we don't like boys we don't and like honestly the like pushing it's like I think in a lot of ways that the werewolf thing is if you're not interested in boys once you come to puberty that that's like another thing that they're like okay monsterize you now you don't want to engage in this long domestic life of procreation and then death um that is a problem uh mm-hmm. but yeah it was really interesting like the way in which the at first when i watched the gender snaps i like i was like wow okay they really pushed her so far in the opposite direction of what she was like trying to be and then i think feel like similar to Jim- jennifer's body it's like it was no this is what society expects this is what society wants them to become so they're going to become an exaggerated version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And being reduced to like your animalistic needs and desires is why she like reacts in the way that she does and become very overprotective of B. And like all of a sudden she's sexual now, like all those words like related to the fact that she is an animal, like she's been reduced to an animal, not just a person. And I mean, like outside of werewolf times, that's a lot of the time what women are reduced to and it's mm-hmm. like messed up i wish my brain was doing a better job of having thoughts i think you've been doing a good uh, job it's just like i'm like watching you talk and i'm like <laughs> well f- f- fun thing is i was actually thinking about this when we were reading i um on like facebook i get uh-huh. like suggestions sometimes for different comics because i read a lot of manhwa um uh-huh. and they have this like we're in like they'll every now and again suggest like really weird cringy like stories that are written like by teenagers or something they're supposed to be like <laughs> like fanfics yeah um and they they had this one where it was like clearly this girl who was like a werewolf uh-huh. and it was like she <laughs> i ended up reading because the description was actually like the first two chapters of the book and i was just oh. going and it was very bad but i was reading it anyway i was like okay all right let's i don't I'm like laying down on the couch and so it was like this girl and she had like her boyfriend since she was like really young but then they at a certain age you turn a, a time and you're supposed like you then sense whoever your mate is supposed to be and then it turned oh, out okay. that it was her sister that was his mate so, oh okay <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, no, no, no. her sister is her i was like that's no, no. a problem that's weird no. <laughs> uh like he like came over and she was like really excited to like see him and then turned out to be your sister so now they're getting married and it's super awkward because he's like the lead of their he's their alpha or whatever and she has this whole thing and it's like really dumb because like they're like her sister wears like body con dresses and is like super hot and stupid uh and then she's like but i'm laid be- she's bella and then <laughs> there's like the lead wolves or whatever come like yeah. the, uh they call them um lichens instead of just wool like werewolves yeah, or whatever because yeah. they're like the royalty and they came and of course like the the big king lichen or whatever ends up being her mate and it was like stupid like she <laughs> turned around and like saw him from across the room like li- this she hasn't even said like hello what is your name she doesn't know who this is but he just like comes up and just grabs her and is just like this is mine now and i was like there's so much <laughs> to you that's a problem and so like it could like when you're <laughs> 
like when you're exploring these things like I'm so glad that Stephanie Myers decided to write about vampires and not werewolves because she's so problematic for all the reasons especially the way that she portrayed the the werewolves and not yeah. including any indigenous people in the filming of that movie um yeah. but like it gets really problematic when they have like the wolf thing and the alpha omega and everyone has to like obey you and you're owned by your man and you don't get a say and I was like this is really gross yeah that was a fun yeah. story for everyone to hear <laughs> I don't know what it's called but I read way too much yeah. of it sometimes the internet will do that also i recommend reading the she wolf book uh they Mm -hmm. had a lot of stuff to say i was like this all makes a lot of sense they're talking about buffy they're talking about becoming human they're talking about like the ways in which like uh werewolves develop in terms of like the way over history that they've developed and the use of them they said lots of smart things that i was like i am not equipped in my current mental state to convey this appropriately so i recommend just like reading it it seemed like they they had a good point they had a good thesis they were doing the damn thing you know and <laughs> yeah yeah but you should read it yeah read that we'll include that in the links and then i did well read as... it it's just like no yeah and uh also read barbara creed's uh, monstrous feminine that's a really great book just to read about how women are portrayed in horror. She talks about the exorcist. She talks about um, uh, the vagina dentata with uh, Freud, Um, that weirdo and uh, (laughs) such a weirdo. And uh, there's a bunch of other like uh, explorations of of, like, it talks about the mother and um, all kinds of things, like the roles that we have to play. I think that goes into alien all kinds of stuff so if you're interested in those things and you want more than just like the pop that we give you <laughs> a little spice we give you every week dive in read those they actually did like a lot of research they wrote a whole book about it maybe one day we'll write books about something um yeah. but no right i now. make thoughts real good when i'm not exhausted mm-hmm. it's been a long time I feel like it's been a time capitalism and it's oppressive force of my life and your life and everyone's life hello um yes i'm just glad we're not all werewolves because i feel like yeah it'd be like a bad time also like kind like i don't know if i was like she-ra werewolf time i'd be like that's pretty cool though she can do amazing things with her body um yeah shakira yeah like if i was a she-wolf in that sense that'd be dope but Mm -hmm. um other than that <laughs> it does sound like a bad time. I'm not trying to eat babies. I feel like that'd just be like upsetting for everybody, including the baby and myself. No, at some point the baby won't even know. And this is still very <laughs> upsetting. I feel like that was like an ow. Why? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to cannibalize things. Um, I already have a hard time just eating like regular meat. Um, and apparently that's a thing too. It was something else in the book where it was like uh, mm-hmm. eating a lot of meat in a, like an abnormal way. Uh, kind of like in that one movie we watched uh, from Brazil. Yeah, raw. Mm-hmm. No, not raw. Oh, not from Brazil? Oh yeah, that was France, French. It was the one with the werewolf lady. Oh yeah, yeah. Good manners. Good manners. Thank you. And how like she was just eating like raw meat and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's apparently also a way that it's often portrayed. I forgot mm-hmm. about that movie for a little bit. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, and you can check out um, one of the recent episodes of Black Women Are Scary because it's about werewolf baby. Nice. Look at all connects. Oh, things. Yeah. And next week we're talking about vampires, and yeah. 
you know, we're going to continue on with our Monstrous Femme uh, series, talking about all kinds of monstrous women or femme presenting folks and how they are fighting back or just trying to live, trying to live their best life. And the only way to do that is to become a monster. Um, it'd be like that. So yeah, I mean, it seems like it's the better way to be outside of the eating of murder and murder times. Like it just seems like it's like anyone who just doesn't fit the norm is trying to do something a little different. It's like, is that actually bad? Was Lilith any actually doing something upsetting? She left, really, man. She could have yeah. just killed him, but she yeah, and she didn't. You know, she didn't commit the first murder. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that was his son. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said, uh, don't get married. Oh, it feels worse to say now after we just had all that context. Still eat your kids. Yeah, because now it's like, Real. it's not him eating the kids. It's her eating the kids. Anybody eating, eating the kids, kids is a bad time. I feel like don't can, don't cannibalize friends. Yeah. I don't know if you're already on your way to that or not. I don't think so. But, <laughs> but if this is, what, <laughs> if this is you, what you need to stop you, yeah. So we're here. You're we're welcome. here for you all. And I'm going to fix my blog. I promise it'll make thoughts. Better than I have made thoughts today. I think you did a great job. Yeah, read words with your mouth and your face and your eyes. I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) All right. Well, bye. (laughs)